and Stephen, how did you end up in the Bay Area and then end up as a coach at De Anza College? And then Eric, kind of same question for you, but how did you end up in the Mountain West and coaching college football out there? Um, so for myself personally, um, so when I finished playing college football in 2016, yeah, 2016 was the season 2017 I graduated. So I, I knew I wanted to be a college football coach or I knew I wanted to coach football. So I'm like trying to find a job. And one of the guys who was a, he was a special teams assistant when I was in Minnesota, um, Dovenberg, Matt Dovenberg, he, um, shoot, he um, referred me to his brother who was the head coach at, at Gavilan College in Gilroy. And um, he connected my brother and I at the, con at the convention yes, that year. And um, pretty much, that was like the first college job I ever got offered and I took it. Like we didn't pay any money. Um, like literally paid, I don't know what, it was nothing. And we're moving to the Bay area. I'm a kid out of high school. I mean, out of college who hasn't really worked. I didn't realize how expensive the Bay was. So um, it was pretty tough. We were lucky that one of our teammates from Oregon uh, DeForest Buckner, he plays for the Colts now. He was with the Niners at the time. He let us stay with him for about a month and a half. Um, so for me, I got a call from one of my mentors, actually, Coach Joe Gordon. So Coach G, he actually offered my brother and I our first scholarships when we were in high school. He was our peewee football coach. The Was that our second year playing football in what, fifth grade or sixth grade? Uh, sixth grade. Yeah, sixth grade. So Coach G, he was an All-American at Kansas State. Um, played in the NFL. He was on the cover of the first ever college football game. Um, so we played for him. I was at, me and my brother were defensive ends. Um, in sixth grade, playing pee wee football, and it actually translated. One thing we were really good at was getting off blocks. Uh, later in our careers, but. Um, coach G, he offered me my first scholarship, and I was really grateful. He was my first. He was the first football coach that ever believed in me, and I played really well for him. Offered my first scholarship when I was leaving Oregon. He offered me a, a scholarship opportunity at a D two school that he was coaching at. And then whenever I was in the Bay and struggling and making no money, he offered me the opportunity to coach in Texas. So I was able to coach Texas high school football. Um, in my hometown for two years. We weren't very good. We were two and eight my first year. Um, but that year was, it was pretty cool because like, that was my first year coaching, like actually coaching. And, you know, I learned a lot, but I saw what I was teaching was working and that was really cool. And I had a bunch of seniors who were kind of like, um, bad senioritis is the best way I can put it. Um, they just weren't buying in as much as I wanted. And then the next thing I know, I have these sophomores who are on JV. One was a quarterback and one was a running back um, who I just saw one day in practice. And I was like, coach, I'm going to take these guys and, like, start coaching them up. So the next thing I know, um, Trey, he's a quarterback. He started for me in safety. He gets, like, four picks that year. And then Jalen, he's uh, now playing at uh, – well, Jalen and Trey both play at Stephen F. Austin now. That's a D1AA in the Southland Conference. 
But I knew that year, they were my first DBs, and I said it that year. Just like when I was in high school, I said, like, I told my mom, like, I want to go to Oregon. I said that that year at the end of the year. So I had another kid named Jeremiah. He was a sophomore as well. I was like, these guys were my first D1 DBs. So I coached them for two years. Um, went 0-10 the next year, but they both were pretty good players. And then um, both ended up signing scholarships last year. But then I guess so for me, I was 0-10 that year at uh, Seguin High School, and I knew I wanted to be a college football coach. But I was like, I got to move up so I can network more and meet more coaches. And my brother, he'll tell you about this later, was having a lot of success out there in California coaching junior college football. And he was doing a really good job, which led me to get an opportunity to go coach with him last year at De Anza College, where um, I was able to coach some pretty good DBs. Um, one of my guys, he's starting at he's, – he's both of our guys, I should say. Um, Deata Burns, he's starting at Bowling Green. He started this year. He signed out of De Anza last year. And uh, he's been a deliberate training athlete. He trained with my brother for two years when I was in Texas. Went to De Anza Junior College and now started a full season of Division I football. He's coming out of, a ju out of a JUCO. So, you know, Deata, the time that he spent on the field, it paid off. He's playing at the highest level now. Um, so then for myself, I, like I said earlier, I played for our defensive coordinator here now. I just kept in contact with him over the years. I uh, just kept up with what he was doing because he was, in my opinion, one of the smartest coaches I ever played for. Um, and he got this job here. He was out of coaching for about a year or two. I texted him. I was like, congrats on the job, coach. And then the next thing I know, he's texting me, would you be interested in a GA job? And I'm like, whoa. I'm like, whoa. Like I, like I said, I wanted this for three years. So I'm like, whoa, like, I've been over here trying to run around, trying to find this. And, like, next thing, I just told my coach, congrats. And he's, you know, throwing this in my face, you know. Like, I was taken aback. And everything happened really fast. Like, I, you know, I've been, like, on the edge of getting, like, college coaching jobs. But, you know, like, for me, I, I never believe it until it's in writing. So, like, next thing I know, like, two weeks later, he's telling me, like, yeah, I need you here in about a week. So I quit my job and drove out here, and now I'm coaching here. So it's been a really good opportunity for me. Uh, I'm looking forward to the opportunity. I've learned a lot, learned a ton. Like, a lot of things that, I, like, I knew I knew I was I, – I knew I was knowledgeable in terms of the game of football. But, like, for me, I've, I've always been really good at developing players, developing players, working on your skills, making you a great player within the scheme. But now I feel like as I continue to, you know, try to challenge myself every day, I'm going to be able to, you know, coordinate these schemes and, like, move on with the information that I have. So, uh, you know, I'm excited about that. Um, I know I'm not going to be coaching college football forever. So whenever I do get back to training and, you know, like coaching seven-on-seven, seven, like, you know, I'm expecting to have an advantage. So I'm just trying to get better. And then for me, my next step, I don't, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Um, you know, I'm hoping that when I get the opportunity to have my own position group and coach my own guys, I'm hoping that I'm able to, like, reach back here into the Bay Area 
and like start, you know, grabbing guys to like add to my secondary. So, you know, that's why like conversations like this, like being on the West Coast uh, Preps podcast, like that's a big deal to me. Like I know in the future, like I've seen talent here in Northern California and I've like seen talent in Texas. So like, you know, these are, those are going to be the first two places I'm looking when I'm looking for guys. Uh, so for myself, what got me out here, um, so like my brother said, um, a coach that he knew at the University of Minnesota, he got us acquainted with Coach Mike Dovenberg, who was the head coach at Gavlin College. He's now the um, offensive coordinator at uh, College of San Mateo, uh, extremely bright coach. He was a um, nominated as a coach, 30 under 30 coach. Uh, so we met him at the AFCA coaching convention in Tennessee. Right after we got done playing college football, we just drove out there. Just, um, of course, being a little naive, I thought that getting into a college coaching game was just easy. You just hit up all the coaches who recruited you before. You just go to the coaching convention and just, you know, tap people on the shoulder like, will you hire me? Send a bunch of emails. Like, I, know I was naive thinking um, that it was getting into the game is just super easy. Uh, but now you realize, like, there's people who have a lot of skin in the game. People have been planting seeds for years, waiting on guys to get jobs, building relationships. So the networking piece is is huge. It's, it's been a really, uh, you know, a great learning process. But uh, we went to the convention, networked, met Coach, uh, Coach Dovenberg. And um, he uh, asked us to come out and just check the place out, do a job interview. So this was actually my uh, first time knowing I was in the Bay Area. So when I was at Oregon, we had, you know, we played Stanford, we played uh, Cal. And uh, I, I never knew I was in the Bay Area. I, 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 I always thought, I think that the perception from, at least in Texas, everybody thinks that California is LA. It's just palm trees everywhere. So, uh, and, you know, when we were at Oregon, like, we're just going to the hotel and to the stadium. So, um, like, I'm, I'm never really seeing the city. So, you know, we come to the Bay Area for the first time, go interview. Um, and, uh, like, I remember had a really good experience. And I remember, uh, you know, we're deciding, like, yeah, like, we're going to go make this move and uh, just go out there. And, uh like, I had no clue who Gavlin College was. Like, I knew they had won, like, maybe two games in the last two years. They didn't really have – they didn't really have much of a social media presence at the time. I'm only speaking to what I knew then. I'm not saying anything about what they are now. So, I'm just – my experience then, just to clarify. But I remember watching uh, – I'm, I'm with one of my best friends, and uh, we're looking up Gavlin. And uh, I think he's more so telling us, like, like no, like, don't do it more so just, like, being a friend trying to hold on. But we, we look up a YouTube video, and it's, like, <laughs> just not very good, like, skinny, like, scrawny guys in cut-off T-shirts, like, running around. It's not looking too hot. And he's, like, like you guys are going to leave to go do this? And um, I think it's more just being naive. I know I was working at a restaurant at the time I had saved up. I was working there for like two months before I moved out here. I had saved up maybe like two or $3,000. Uh, we drove up here. Fortunately, our friend DeForest let us stay with him because I didn't realize that 
you know, a security deposit is going to be 1800 uh, first month's rent, last month's rent. So really came out here with nothing. And uh, I had been training a little bit here and there back home, but it was more so kind of recreational and kind of a hobby. I wasn't even really charging people then. I was still trying to come into my own. So um, was at Gavilan. We went uh, 0-10. It was a great experience for me, though. It was my first time coaching DBs. We were a 4-2-5 defense, so we had five DBs on the field at all time. Um, so I got to coach the corners, the safeties, and the nickels. Uh, I got to see a lot of the stuff that I like to teach translate into success. One of my DBs, he ended up getting a, a scholarship uh, to a Division II in Colorado, Fort Lewis College. And then another one of my DBs, Matt Whitman, uh, he's now playing at Gannon University, which is a Division II out there. So uh, I had a really good experience coaching those guys. Um, I had no clue what I was getting into when I was coming out here. But uh, after that season, uh, the staff ended up getting let go. And uh, Coach uh, Dovenberg, he got me introduced to Coach Santos, who's the head coach at De Anza College. And uh, that was a, a little bit of a unique transition for me. Uh, you know, I've only played DB most of my life. And in college, my coaching and training experience is mainly at DB. And uh, Coach Santos wanted to bring me in as a receivers coach because they already had a DB coach. So. I was um, a bit on the fence about it. And, um, you know, he just kind of talked me into it, just like, you know, challenging your skills. Um, I had just learned about a coach named Coach Dub, Keith Williams, just being out here in California. He was a former coach at University of Nebraska. He coaches a lot of the best receivers now. But uh, when I started figuring out that I'm going to start now coaching receivers, I was just watching a ton of Coach Dub just indulging in Coach Dub tape, um, going on YouTube and just looking for wide receiver clinic tape, as much stuff as I could. Uh, could. And uh, that season at DeAnza, we end up 10-1. and one. We won the Northern California Championship. I had two um, first-team all-conference receivers, one all-American receiver. Uh, both of those guys had 40-plus receptions, 1,000-plus yards. One had 14 touchdowns. One had 12 touchdowns. Uh, we had 30, 34, 3,500 yards passing. So my first year coaching receivers was um, spectacular, to say the least, like a lot of production. Uh, I was blessed to have two players who made me look amazing while I was in my transition to really mastering coaching the position. But uh, like when you have like a six, four guy who can just moss three guys, it makes you look great. So he went to our high school. So <laughs> yeah, he's actually a Texas product. His name is Cortland Brooks. He's um, at New Mexico Highlands University, which is a D2. Uh, definitely a D1 talent, just with some clock issues and going uh, D2. But uh he was a Martin High School product, great athlete. And um, last season, uh, we had a pretty good a pretty good season. Um, signed a lot of receivers. Uh, in the last two years, we've had twelve receivers receive scholarships. Three of those guys have had opportunities and scholarships from D ones. One of my guys at UC Davis. 
the receiver, Corky Brooks, I just mentioned, he got an offer from New Mexico. Uh, one of my receivers, Larry Kill, had an offer from University of San Diego. Uh, so we've had uh, a lot of success getting guys offers, D1, D2. And uh, now I feel like I'm coming into my own coaching. I'm still at Danza currently. Uh, our season, unfortunately, got pushed back um, until August. So we opted out this season. So now it's just uh, keeping our guys engaged to the best of our ability, reteaching the playbook. A lot of reteaching right now for us. Um, but just preparing for the next season right now. Uh, training is going to be one of my biggest focuses since the season is unfortunately pushed back for us. And then I want to go into more about deliberate training a little bit too. How have you guys seen it grow since you first started? Um, so it's grown a lot. So I know when I was first in Texas, just training a few guys like here and there. Uh, once I got done with school, one of my coaches asked me to come and speak at my old junior high. So went to my junior high, spoke to some eighth, seventh and eighth graders, and some of them connected with me about training. And um, I would say the only ones who actually like followed up and actually came were like kids who really weren't the best. Like uh, one thing with like training, a lot of it's what's aesthetically pleasing, like what looks good. Like if you're training in a great facility or you're training a good athlete, like your drill is going to look amazing. So I'm training some kids who are probably a little below average. And I remember we, we meet up with some of our friends at a Hooters. And we're talking uh, just about our plans moving forward, like how is college, yada, yada, yada. And it's funny, the, the quarterback that we were telling you about, who was like our, our powder puff rival, I remember like telling these guys, like, yeah, I'm starting this training program. Like, of course, my video editing skills are trash too. So. I was showing him like this, this chubby, like seventh grader <laughs> with two left feet. And like this dude like gets out, like he's dying laughing at me, like, like turning red in the face laughing. And uh, I promise you that put a big time chip on my shoulder. Like uh, there's just something about this guy, but that put a huge chip on my shoulder. Like, man, these guys are really doubting me that I can get these guys right. Um, so trained these guys with two left feet for a while. Then I finally inherited like my first uh, high school athletes um, at my school, at my high school. And um, started working with those guys that just kind of seasoning my training game a little bit. Sessions weren't very deep, you know, maybe two or three guys. Then uh, my brother and I moved out here and of course, like it's starting from scratch. Like we don't know anybody out here. So we're just uh, copying and pasting and just sending DMs like crazy to guys. Uh, so we're training one or two guys at a time. Um, like I can't, I honestly can't blame people for not wanting to train with us. Like we had no, no, no substance or no reviews, like no rapport. So. And honestly, like myself as a coach, like the stuff I was doing then compared to now, like I would probably be disgusted, you know, in terms of like the development of my coaching and teaching. Like I know then I was a, a big time cone guy, just cones galore. Like you're just out there. Hitting fast forward around you know, cones. Like how there's that, uh, that short guy with the crazy fast speed. <laughs> like, 
we're just doing dumb stuff out there. Just, I didn't, I'm not a big fan. Like it, it was, and surprisingly it was working. Some of it. <laughs> <laughs> like we had some successful players because they were putting the work in, you know, but um, our, our, I would say my first main guys out here was that player Matt Whitney that I was speaking about. And then uh, there was a kid named Edgar Valencia, who's now at Foothill College. Um, he was addicted to training. So me, Edgar, and this kid named Jesse Lopez, like these are my like first uh, Miles Hemingway. He's like my first main high school athletes. And like, that was really it. Just was training those guys and really just kind of slowly, it was a very slow process. I was, I was willing to travel to train. I think that's something that a lot of coaches don't really do. They just stay in their area. So for me, like as a guy who's sending out DMs here and there and just hitting up anybody. You're taking whatever fish bites. You're going to go get it. I didn't really know like how big the bay is. Like I remember one day um, Gavilan is in Gilroy and I had set up a session with some kids in, um, in Richmond. And, um, you know, Gilroy is south of San Jose, probably about 30 minutes south of San Jose. And Richmond is past Oakland. So I had set this session up with these guys. It's like 4.30 after practice at Gav. And uh, we had like a training session set up for like six. And I'm tired. And, uh, you know, these guys, some of my guys hit me. Like, you know, there's a session still going on. I'm looking, I, I map it, and I don't realize how far south I am. It's like an hour and 40 minutes to get there. And I'm like, you know, like, am I going to, am I really going to do this? Like, and just drive out here. And uh, I end up going out there. I probably only had like two kids who actually pulled up. I know I had talked, I had worked out some financials, no compensation. And one of the guys asked me for a ride home. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> Like, I was just hungry, like, anywhere. I was just going to pull up and train. Some people, like, I would say, like, some people might call it thirsty or whatever. Like, for me, like, I think there's, like, some informal etiquette or whatever in the coaching game that people like to go by whatever. But I was just out there ready to get it. Like, I know I would drive to Sacramento. I had established a group out there in SAC, and I would drive to Sacramento two times a month like when I first moved out here um I was working at a Nike retail shop and um in Gilroy so the uh minimum wage in Gilroy is lower than it is in San Jose so it was like eight or nine dollars an hour like and I'm living in San Jose so I'm paying San Jose Bay Area rent so I'm the definition of month to month so what really picked my training grind up and built my business was like, if I don't do it, I'm not, I can't pay my bills. Like any food I'm eating, anything I'm buying, like you need to be cash. This money is not even my money before I get to my rent. Like I'm actually negative. So uh, just kind of living like that for a while. So it made me really, you know, get out of my comfort zone and start asking people for money. It made me get more organized in terms of scheduling. Um, I had some families that I, a family named the uh, Kunde family, the Kundi family, excuse me. They were out in the Sacramento area. We had uh, trained this kid, Calder Kunde, a really talented athlete. 
Uh, he's not playing anymore, but uh, he was really committed to the grind and his mom wanted him to get better. So like he would come out here sometimes and his mom ended up setting up kind of like these little mini camps with all the kids in his area. Um, all the kids from his high school and another high school. So like I would go out there twice a month to train them. And uh, I would go out there like maybe like from eight to 10 and train. Then I'd have uh, my Sac State DBs. Uh, I would train um, pretty much their entire secondary. Um, we probably had like 10 of their DBs that we've trained in the last two years. Um, so we'd go out after from maybe like 11 to 1230. I'm training the Sac State DBs. Then I'm going to get like a general high school group that I'm going to drive home. So uh, in terms of growth, for me, like getting film of me training college guys, um, driving to different areas, like it, it has not been an easy process. It's, it's literally been all organic and then uh, word of mouth and then our guys balling. So um, the growth has came really fast. And uh, I, I think for myself as a business owner, and just a young person in general, like I'm learning a lot in terms of organization, uh, communication, being a, a, an administrator in terms of seven on seven, managing payments, you know, doing mass orders, things like that. So it hasn't been an easy process uh, and it's grown fast. And now something I'm working on now is just, you know, learning how to delegate. Um, working towards like getting more automated with some things like you know we've talked a lot about grinding and grinding is amazing but like you got to work smart too so that's what something i'm working on now with deliver change just learning how to work smarter so you know we can continue to grow but then also so as we grow we can still give the same well not the same we want to improve the quality so what we're doing right now is literally scratching the surface of what we will be doing probably even a month. I'll say that. So, you know, we have things that we're working on. Um, like we mentioned, like I mentioned previously, like time goes on with or without you. So that's the same thing like with the guys that we train or don't train, like we're still literally at the beginning of what we're doing. So, you know, I feel grateful for the guys who are on and are going to continue on the journey that we're going on. And then uh, for the guys who don't, they'll witness our guys get better. And I hope that they're working to get better as well. So um, we're still at the beginning, which is great. So we're not close to our ceiling. And then you're also both brothers that are in the coaching business, coaching football. Kind of what is it meant to go on this journey together? Like you two have coaching, whether it's high school, college, junior college, whatever it is, going on this journey together. And how much do you guys push each other and help each other? Just throughout your careers? I would say um, for myself, I'm really lucky. I'm really, really lucky. Like something I would definitely believe in is that uh, two brains is better than one. So, you know, I'm really lucky that I have my brother and we're pushing the same needle forward, you know? So, you know, we're able to work uh, double time. You know, I'm, I'm grateful to be where I'm at. I'm really grateful to be where I'm at and I'm happy with the journey that I'm on right now. But, you know, I would be lying if I didn't say like, there wasn't a part of me that wishes like that sometimes wishes that I wasn't in the Bay area, like helping deliver training grow more so we can service even more people, you know, but just in terms of like 
uh, I guess you could say like the intellectual property um, and just like the planning and the infrastructure of really everything that we have going on, it feels great. Like I know that I talk to my brother every day and you know, some people probably think it's weird, but my brother's my business partner. Like, um, like, you know, we talk about things and how our lives are going obviously, but I think uh, more than anything, we just plan, just plan and try to push each other to get better. Like, again, we're, we're kind of pushing the same needle forward. I know if my brother gets better, Anytime my brother gets smarter, I'm so lucky that he can teach that to me and vice versa. So, you know, I'm trying to get better as a coach so that my brother and I both can benefit. Uh, yeah, and I would say for me, um, as a coach, it's, it's um, really beneficial, like having my brother as a high-level coach because I can bounce ideas off of him. Like uh, my, my brother mentioned, a lot of planning. So just cultivating plans, uh, discussing and just talking through different ideas and, um, you know, having someone that you can, act, that you can comfortably trust, um, you know, with your business plans, with your business ideas, just with your ideas in general. Um, it's been very, very helpful. Um, and then also just, two brains is absolutely better than one. So like, you know, we have twice the resources in terms of us working together. Um, I know my brother's acquiring a lot of knowledge, you know, at the next level. And it, I feel great that anything that he knows, I will eventually know just through our discussions or video conferences uh, in terms of training, uh, in terms of like looking at guys like um, Wyoming has prospect lists. Um, of Bay Area athletes. So I definitely look at the prospect list and see who's out here. Um, and I know I'm on the ground here, you guys on the ground here. So like we can send those guys uh, to Eric as well, uh, which is great. <clears throat> I'll say um, as a athlete and player, I, I wish that we would have utilized each other more in terms of like we absolutely push each other, but taking like training to the next step and just competing together more. Like I know my uh, DB coach would, he'd always be saying that to us, like, like you, you guys are in such a unique uh, situation. Like you guys can train together all the time. You guys can do releases. You can do one-on-ones. You can tackle together all the time. And uh, as a young player, the, the, those things were going over my head. Literally just going straight over the head. Straight yeah, over the head. Working on my sideline tackling, my open field tackling, the same drills that I will do in practice. Like I have a partner I can work with. I can work on my press. Um, we can do one-on-ones together. I know for myself, I kind of limited myself to just playing DB. And I wish I would have made myself a more versatile athlete. And I think that's, that's somewhere looking back that we could have been a little more instrumental to each other's success by just, competing with each other more um and just utilizing that you know having a partner at all times but uh it, it, it's a blessing like having you know your brother someone you can trust we're we're literally going in the same direction any success he's having is amazing for me because I know um he's not trying to do all that alone and to to really blow something up usually it takes multiple hands on deck so I just know I always have a hand on deck uh, towards anything we're trying to build.
And then we do want to get into our fun questions that we always have. Absolutely. And then the first one is your favorite home cooked meals. Um, so my, I have two, my favorite home cooked meal is my grandma's, my grandma's turkey dressing. So not like stuffing, which is a little bit more dry, you know, some, which stuffing is not bad. Some people love stuffing, but turkey dressing is like a little moister, extremely flavorful. Uh, our family is from Mississippi, so they're really, really cooking out there in the South. And, uh, you know, a lot of butter, they're not, they're not uh, light in the seasoning. So it's not, it's not just avocados and all that, like we're eating out here in Cali. <laughs> no chia seeds. Yeah, no chia seeds. <laughs> but uh, my, my second favorite is chicken fried steak, for sure. So chicken fried steak with brown gravy, some mashed potatoes, maybe a side of macaroni on the side. Yeah. Or some uh, sweet potatoes. Ooh, yeah. That's the only one I disagree with you with. Everything else sounded good, but the sweet potatoes, I'll pass. <laughs> sweet potatoes are okay, though, sometimes. Yeah. Depends yeah. how you make them. I know, like, in the South, they're not light in the sugar. <laughs> no, they're not. No, they're not. They're very sweet. They, they actually call them candy. Candy yams. Candy yams. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right. <laughs> Honestly, we know what's good, though. Sweet potato fries are actually really underrated. Oh, man. Sweet potato tots are really good, too. They're yeah, very good. I tried those actually. That sounds pretty good. They're really good. Um, for myself, the first thing that came to mind was um, was uh, dressing. Honestly, that's my favorite favorite meal. I look forward to it every year on Thanksgiving and Christmas. I loved it. Um, and my second favorite would probably be my grandma's uh, chicken pie um, or her sweet potato pie. Those things are amazing. This isn't a home-cooked meal, but my favorite food just overall is uh, crawfish. Man, I love I love crawfish. When I was in Houston, I was really lucky that they, they have tons of crawfish down there. It can be expensive, but there's a spot that charged like $5.99. So I'd get about four pounds and just tear that up, like at least probably like once every two weeks. It's so amazing. I love crawfish. What about you guys? What's y'all's favorite food? Oh, I mean, I'm, I sound like a kid, but chicken tenders. Can't go wrong with chicken tenders. Ranch or barbecue or honey ranch. mustard? Ranch. ranch. Yeah, I love ranch. Yeah. I'm going to go ranch with most chicken, man. Yeah, yeah ranch is great, man. Have to have that zesty ranch, though. Like, a little, like, you know, a little kick, not not the salad dressing. Like, okay. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's my opinion. Like, uh, like Buffalo, Wild, Buffalo Wild Wings Ranch, like, it's a little – a little generic down. It's like yeah. um, like the Wingstop Ranch has that kick. I, I definitely like a little yep. kick there. Yeah. The ranch is what makes it. You got to have yeah. good ranch. If you don't got good yeah, ranch. ranch. If you're <laughs> eating wings, it's just not as good without the ranch. No, yep. Right. Got to have good ranch. I really don't enjoy them as much without the ranch, to be honest. Like, I'm, no. I'm not going to enjoy this meal as much. Same. I'm with you. I honestly, I probably wouldn't eat it unless they got ranch. Like I'll, I'll go somewhere else. I think it's okay. Do you like your tenders dry, no uh, sauce on there? Um, depends on how I'm feeling. You know, yeah. sometimes I just like the classics though, just the buffalo or barbecue. I don't go anything crazy. Yeah. What about you, Chris? I'll go. I'm gonna go with a nice brisket sandwich. 
You get that. Can't go wrong with that. that. Get that barbecue sauce on it. You get on the side. You know what you get. You get like a little Texas toast, a little cornbread, cornbread muffin with that. Oh, yeah. Oh no, yeah, that sounds like a great lunch. lunch. I, uh, I'm feeling hungry. Right. That toast sounded good. Uh, that honestly, that or a burrito, because I've honestly probably had burritos five days this week already. I'm not. I'm not kidding when I say that. I had a burrito. Are you a Chipotle today. guy? Not a big Chipotle guy. Okay. It's just, you know, generic, but whatever. I mean, it's solid. It's solid, but I prefer that Taqueria feel. Yeah. Okay. Right. The California burrito with the fries inside. I've had it before. It's 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 not bad. I like the classic steak burritos though. Yeah, I need that carnitas burrito. Yeah, all day. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do miss with Tex, you know, there's Tex-Mex. Oh, oh just, yeah. It's just everything with queso. So a burrito with now with some good queso in there. I, I definitely miss Tex-Mex. Dude, I'm telling the you. The best food that California has to offer, in my opinion, well, since I've moved there that I really enjoyed was um, dumplings and wontons. I really love uh, dumplings and wontons. Okay. Really? Okay. Soup dumplings. Oh, man. I love them. Or chili wontons. Yeah. Okay. That, that Tex-Mex sounds good, Eric. Yeah, you living in South Texas and Houston for a while. South Texas with that Tex-Mex, they had all that queso, the little spices. Queso, in everything. Oh, queso is on everything. I love queso. I love yeah, I love queso, queso too, man. Queso makes everything better, to be honest. Oh, queso sure. makes everything in the world better. <laughs> I don't care what you put on. I don't care what's going with the queso. Queso makes it what it is. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's only a plus, no minus. All right. And now another food question. You guys kind of have your feet in both camps. You're from Texas, lived in California. What's better? The classic question. I think you know what's coming. Whataburger or In-N-Out? And there is only one correct answer to this. Oh, man. The correct answer is Whataburger. <laughs> yes. Thank you. You know the correct answer is Whataburger. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I, I would say that Whataburger, they have – just a bigger menu, and then one thing that separates them is well, and it, one thing that makes In and Out great, you know, they're using quality meat patties, like you can taste it, it tastes good. Water Burger is doing the exact same thing, so they have a breakfast menu, uh, great prices, and like you know, it's Texas, so you can put the barbecue sauce, you can put the jalapenos, you can put the bacon, like you can put whatever on there. Uh, In and Out, their um, menu's a little. It's simple and effective, but simple and good. That's all you yeah, need. Yeah, it is good. It's but good. the fries are so average. The fries are not. Nah, it can't average. be just me that feels the, the texture when I bite into those things. They're kind of cardboardy, in my opinion. Like their fries are very hit or miss, I think, honestly. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes I'm like, okay, what happened to that? The yeah. Thing, you got to get wrong person was working. Animal style. You got to animal style the fries, though. But you the, have to. But the problem with the animal style, though, too, is that they dump all of the sauce into one block. In, in the, the middle? Top. Yeah. yeah. That's annoying, too, though. Yeah. I I, I'm also an onion ring fan over French fries, and Whataburger <laughs> has onion rings. And also, Ooh, I, know. What, I don't know if In-N-Out has sweet tea, but I just love sweet tea. Maybe it was good. I don't drink it nearly as much as I used to, but I promise you when I lived in Texas, I was drinking sweet tea with every meal. So, no, I'm telling you, that sweet tea is good. And then whatever yeah. you, got, you get that burger on Texas toast. I get the patty melt there. Yep. The yeah, toast. that patty melt is fire. You get the fries with the spicy ketchup. And what yeah. they have now is a Dr. Yeah. Pepper shake. Their shakes wow. are fire, but they added the Dr. Pepper shake. 
December uh, 22nd. So that's one of the first spots I'll be hitting is uh, Whataburger for sure. I can't. I, this is – Guys, guys got to get, you know, the, the uh, a Whataburger to put some ads on, the, on y'all's background right there next to the West Coast prep sign right yeah, there. I will, I will do anything for them. I will if they give us money, then I'm, I'm a Whataburger fan. Have you actually ever had Whataburger? Uh, what I was like in – Fourth or fifth grade. Oh, maybe. Whataburger's like a long time. Yeah, you got to get it again for sure. Not for sure. But until I do, it's in and out all the way. And those lines are in and out too. It goes quick though, you know. No, but here's what Whataburger's got too. You can order on the app. Oh, God. Just stop. pick it up right there. And then their breakfast too. They got what is that? Like that honey butter. Honey butter chicken biscuit. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's, that's, that's going in the Hall of Fame. That honey bird team biscuit. I can't. We got one more question. Let's just go to it. Absolutely. What are you guys' favorite athletes currently and when you're growing up? So growing up, my favorite my favorite DB was Champ Bailey. I loved Champ Bailey um, just because he was extremely competitive. Uh, he wasn't just a good athlete. He had phenomenal technique. And he was just really consistent. Like, I swear, every time I watch him, like, Every other week, he'd always get a pick. Like, he's always making a play. So, I really liked the way Chan Bailey played. Darrell Revis was one of my uh, favorites as well. Um, one thing I loved about him was he's extremely technical. He has a high IQ. And um, he played at a really high level for a long time with what appeared to be some athletic limitations and compared to some of the other freaks in the league. And I know uh, when he was coming into the league, I know his numbers were really good, but he played a long time, which in, in a league which is, you know, athlete dominated. He's locking up Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson, Dez Bryant in his prime. So uh, I, I really loved watching Darrell Revis. And then my all-time favorite is actually a receiver, Dez Bryant. Um, that, that was my favorite. I actually have two more. So Des Bryant, I think he's my favorite cowboy of all time. Um, just like some of my best years were watching him make spectacular plays for a long time. Like, uh, my cousin is Russell Okung. Uh, he was a first round draft pick. He plays for the Chargers. He, um, we would go watch him play at Oklahoma State all the time. So we got to meet Dez. We got to watch Dez play in college. So he, I was a really big Dez Bryant fan. And um, Adrian Peterson, when he was at OU, that's my last guy. Um, he was probably the first college football player that I, like, noticed who was just a freak athlete. Uh, one of my best friends, he uh, was a big OU fan, so I just kind of took notice of AP. So uh, I would say AP, Des Bryant, Darrell Revis, Champ Bailey, those are my favorite guys, favorite athletes. Before we move on, was it a catch? It was a catch. It was a catch. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm past it. Like, we, we cut Des. Um, and Dez was not performing the greatest for us, like, towards the end for us. But, uh, like, we're just – I'm a Cowboys fan, but I'm not invested anymore. Like, we suck right now. So, 
Like, I'm looking to the draft. I'm just looking to watch good football. So I'm watching other teams who are not playing good football right now. And, yeah, the Cowboys aren't America's anymore either. Sorry to say it. <laughs> I can't say we, um, we just – that name just doesn't hold the same weight. Like, we're, we're still America's team, but you can't do it without putting the air quotations because I don't know what it is right now. It's not looking too hot. Uh, America's team is the New England Patriots. That's who it is now. Just even even with yeah, those, that shit still too, unfortunately. Yeah, that thing's done. Nah, super cam. We're still making the playoffs. It's happening. I mean, y'all, y'all have a talented roster. Um, y'all can make it happen. A veteran defense. They won't. <laughs> what about you, Eric? Who's your favorite athletes growing up and now? Um, I know I really liked Champ Bailey. I really liked Sean Taylor a lot. I I really um, liked Ed Reed a lot. Um, just he was just so fast and just made a lot of plays and just was all over the field. Um, I really liked Larry Fitzgerald only because the first uh, football. Whenever I first got my first Xbox, it came with NCAA football and he was in the cover. So I was a big fan of his and still am a big fan of his. He's played forever, and he's still really good. He's like the Jason Wynn of the wide receiver position. Yeah. Uh, but better. Um, and then currently, I really like Jalen Ramsey um, just because he's so freaky. Like, he's just, you know, your prototypical, like, if you created a corner, he's going to be the guy that you make. I really like that. Um I really like Darius Slay. He's, again, like Darius Slay is kind of like Revis in the sense that he's probably a better athlete than Revis, but he's not an elite, elite athlete. But his technique is flawless. He plays with anticipation. I really like him as well. Um, And then I really like um, DK Metcalf right now. Just, he's literally just, He's Derrick Henry playing receiver. He's just a raging bull. What I like about him is that, like, he's fast and athletic, but when, when he goes against number one corners, I like that he's physical. Like, he's not going to make it, okay, we're just playing the one-on-one game. Can you guard me? He's going to, like, he's going to wear you down. And then he's going to – he's a better athlete than probably 99% of the league. So once he wears you down, he's going to win by you. So I really like his game. I really like him a lot. Yeah, that's all the questions we got for the Amoco brothers today. Thank you so much to them for coming on. And thank you for saying that Whataburger is far superior <laughs> to every other burger, not just in America, but on the face of the earth and in this galaxy, this universe, everywhere. Thanks so much for them for coming on, helping us West Coast Preps continue expanding our coverage into the Bay Area. We owe a lot of our success to them. So thank you so much to them for coming on. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. Check out a newsletter. Follow all of our work on social media at westcoastpreps underscore. And follow all of our work at westcoastpreps.com.